take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. And welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I am Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean, and this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Please check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook and Instagram at couplesynergy. And please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we're going to get really deep. Yeah. We are actually going to be talking about a book written by Eric Fromm called The Art of Loving. Written in the 1950s. Yeah, it is definitely a very old book. But surprisingly, a lot of concepts that apply today. Extremely relevant, even more today than back then. Very relevant. Now, if anyone uh, doesn't know Eric Fromm, he's a very, very important, influential sociologist, psychoanalyst, author. He was also a, a professor at Columbia, Yale, and New York University. And he lived from 1900 to 1980. And he emigrated from Germany in 1934 to the U.S. So his his right and he's he's written multiple books and this book, The Art of Loving. Obviously, as we are into learning about relationships and love, this came to be very important to learn more about. And his concept, one of the concepts we're going to be talking about. Obviously, this book is just jam packed with concepts about love and and relationships. But one of his concepts is called separateness. Mm -hmm. And this is a very important concept that applies today. He would call it the most painful part of being in the human condition. And that it creates anxiety, Mm -hmm. very uncomfortable anxiety for human beings that we try very hard to move away from separateness. Mm Mm-hmm and to feel separate. And he talks about different ways in which we do that. So one of the ways he talks about is we conform. And it's kind of interesting because he talks about it though, we conform, but we think it's our original idea. And I think about that with people who like join a biker game and they look really rebellious, but they all wear the same uniform and they all behave the same way. And they look like they're unique and different, but they're conforming to something that helps them feel like they're a part of something. Yeah, it's just kind of like if you think about following, mm-hmm. right? Being a follower and just melding in with what the group is doing a and team, following along. A team, right? a and, family, a community, a religion. Right. There isn't uh, an individuation that occurs because you are just conforming to the group think. Right. And you can't go against the group think or you will be separated. 
So you have to give up individuality in order to not feel the separateness. He calls this a pseudo union Mm -hmm. because you're not truly uniting with something. By the way, union is what we need in order to escape or cure. I put quotation marks, cure, the the solution to the problem Mm -hmm. of separateness. Mm -hmm. This separateness is so painful for all of us human beings that we do whatever we can to escape that. And one of these dysfunctional unions is conformity. Mm -hmm. And the next one is creative activity. So So, creative activity is when you are, you have a hobby, you kind of lose yourself in it. Like, yeah, like a passion Mm -hmm. for sculpting. He uses uh, the example of art, you know, and you are just totally immersed in it and you are, you escape that separateness and that that is how you feel that you are joining the world is mm-hmm. through that art right you know think about all of the major artists in the world like van gogh and you know the, well specifically Eccentric. van gogh and picasso mm-hmm. who you know there was a lot of mental health struggles you know that they were going through and they would immerse themselves in their art well he would even say that immersing yourself in the art causes the mental breakdown. That anxiety that comes from that separateness gets relieved temporarily, and then when you get back into the world, it shoots up even more. Right, because you have to go to an extreme Mm -hmm. of completely separating yourself from the world. Right. And the third way of escaping separateness is something that he calls orgiastic states. So that's anything that kind of gets you high. Yeah, like drugs and alcohol. It's the escapes, you know, and what we have talked about in past podcasts as distractions. And he says that that is a way to remove yourself from that pain and anxiety of separateness is having these type of orgiastic states, which are transitory. They don't, they don't exist over a long period of time. They just they're kind of fleeting. And so he incorporates that, or he includes like sexual sex uh, without love, right? Sex without love, and that can also bring about these states of distractedness and being able to pull yourself away from that feeling of separateness. And that sex without love, it it's not something that you can do by yourself. You know that that doesn't relieve this pain. That relieves sexual tension if you masturbate. But if you hook up with another person, is that the right word? Yeah. The word is hook <laughs> up these I'm days. I'm so uh, in style. What do you <laughs> um, That will temporarily relieve it because you're actually joining with someone, but because there's no love, which means there's no bond or connection, it goes away. Really, it's very fleeting. And all of those things temporarily relieve that feeling of separateness and then it slowly edges its way back. And we're, we're just going to kind of go through all of this kind of cursory uh, and then dive a little bit deeper into it. But so he says that those three ways of union are dysfunctional mm-hmm. or pseudo unions. He says the full answer of or solving that problem of separateness is interpersonal union. 
or fusion with another person in love. And he goes on to say that it's there's some other components that need to be in place. So love, you can love your child, but your child is always your child. Your parents are always your parents. There's a different type of love that bonds that. Yeah, there's a power differential. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about loving a partner, there's something else that gets created in order to love someone that you are not biologically connected to. And those components need to be respect, concern, and knowledge. So this is a, an equal union between two people. And it's not conformity where one person is giving in to the other person. There isn't these power struggles that are going on. This is that equal union between a man and a woman in marriage. And that love is what he says is the solution to separateness. You know, in the tree of life, when you look at that, it says like in the beginning, all is one, right? It's just everything that exists is one, what we call source or God or something like that. And then the first act happens when there's a division. And the division for human beings is into the masculine and into the feminine. And that separateness is that drive that we have to help us find a person to merge with to come back together and to feel the nuances of all of those things and to know the self. And you can't have love without concern. Caring, concern Mm -hmm. for the other person. And it's interesting, we live in a very fearful world with, with a lot of divorce. And so people really want to protect themselves. So they have more of a concern over their own possibly financial well-being or protection of their heart from getting hurt. So they hold back. Right. They don't give. Mm-hmm. They take. Right. And so that's not that reaching out and having that concern for another person. Right. And respect that there's a difference and that you respect that other person in a way that you can sit in something and attempt to really understand who they are, which is the knowledge part, right? So if I know you're angry, I see you as an angry person. But if I know you and I know why you're angry, then I know you're a hurting person, that there's something bothering you, hurting you, something coming up for healing. And I can see you as someone who's wounded and struggling rather than someone who's just angry. Which takes a level of vulnerability Mm -hmm. to be able to drop your guard and really delve into understanding and getting knowledge about your partner about where they are coming from, and and to understand the differences in your beliefs, which also then lends to having a level of respect Mm -hmm. for your partner. Which is why we tend to be with someone who is different than us, as opposed to someone who grew up exactly the same. There's much more opportunity then to have contrast and learn something outside of what you learned as a child. And now let's take a little break to tell you a little bit more about our home study course called Relationship 101. One of our passions is really to bring this work to everybody. And a lot of times what we hear is one person in the relationship is wanting to work on it, the other one is not. And so this is a great way for you guys to get a taste of 
what it is like to work on your relationship in a fun eight date night video series to learn what you need to learn. Yeah, Relationship 101 consists of eight video modules, typically about 30 to 40 minutes long, with some discussion questions and exercises for couples to do together at the end. This is kind of a culmination of our work over 20 years and synthesizing all of the skills and tools necessary to create an amazing relationship. This online course consists of eight modules, which is five plus hours of course content. It also includes bonus resources, all designed to learn and grow together as a couple. It's fun, it's insightful, and gives you a great excuse to spend some extra quality time with your partner. All of this course content is valued at over $850. Currently now, it is priced at $387. And if you just go to go.couplesynergymethod.com slash relationship 101, it'll take you directly to the link. That's go.couplesynergymethod.com slash relationship 101. And if you're a single person, you can still benefit from it. And he would talk about this concept that when a mother is pregnant with a child, the two are one, but they're still separate. And then the birth process, they physically disconnect, right? But that baby doesn't really know the difference yet. That baby still thinks the mother is the world. And everything is related to the child's needs getting met. So in the beginning, we're all takers. We're helpless and we need. And he talks about the motherly love, the archetype of mother as unconditional. I'm going to give to this child because it exists, not because it did anything or deserves it or responds, but just because that's the drive I have. And that drive fulfills a need of hers because it would be very painful because we have all sorts of hormones going on if you don't take care of that child. Yeah, he describes that love as I love you because I need you. Mm -hmm. That's the immature love. That's the immature love, right? And that the evolution of that into a mature love is I I need you because I love you. Yeah. So he says, you know, around the age of seven, right? Somewhere around there, seven or eight, we know the difference between me and you, mother and child. And the child then starts to do some things like, I'm going to write you a birthday card. I'm going to give to you. And it's still this very symbiotic type of, I love you because I need you. And then the father archetype comes in, and that's what he calls conditional love. You have to prove yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to give of something in order to get that love and that approval back in return. Which is a really important concept. It is, because that's where you learn discipline. That's where you learn that care and concern for someone else. Right. You learn how your behavior impacts others in the world. And you have a drive then to act in a way that doesn't impede other people's... um, It doesn't ultimately hurt other people. Right. And in return, hurt you as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And so these these basic building blocks, which children are supposed to learn, are supposed to prepare themselves for that union with a partner 
in marriage. And that's where they are to find that knowledge and that concern and that respect equally for each other in that relationship, obtaining love. And in that love, be able to finally be able to transcend beyond this constant state of anxiety and separateness that we all experience throughout our lives. So interestingly, in his book, he's talking about the Victorian era versus it was just the beginning of like women's liberation era and how in the Victorian era, marriages were formed out of survival and convenience. You know, it was a good merger. It was it was good on paper. And then hopefully the couple would fall in love. Typically, uh, the families kind of set that mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Yep. And and then then it turned into more of, well, what do I want and how do I fall in love? And he talks about something that we would call equality. And equality isn't, I get to be different than you. Equality means we're the same. And that is what loses the polarity of the masculine and the feminine. And as we've gone through this era of, you know, the women's movements and and things like that, we've moved away from that masculine archetype of conditional love all the way to the other side where there's too much unconditional love. And what that does for a human being is makes them narcissistic, right? Well, we see that in our society today mm-hmm. where people are really concerned more about expressing the their own views and having their own views be accepted versus understanding, not necessarily agreeing, but understanding other people's views and finding a level of respect for the differences in people's views. And if we don't have and learn this conditional love, then we are not ever going to learn how to give. Right. We are only going to learn how to take because what I receive should be all for me. And mature love says, what can I do for you? Not what can I get from you? And in you know more Aborigine type of cultures, original peoples, when they hit a certain age, they're like, okay, we've given to you. You've been trained how to survive. You know this, you know that. Go find your gift that you are now going to contribute back to the tribe to help the tribe survive and be better. So it encouraged the individuation as well as the joining up in a way that you were an adult and you had something to offer and you weren't a child just taking. And we've kind of lost that piece there. And it's We for sure lost that piece. Yeah. And it's kind of scary for people to be givers because they think if I give, I'm depleting myself. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're talking about. So, you know, when we feel this separateness, we are filled with so much anxiety. And when we don't have this opportunity or don't learn how to have this interpersonal union called love, be able to give, be able to be there for another person, have care and concern for someone, and have that respect and knowledge of that other person and where they're coming from, and receive that back also, then we start to become more and more fearful, more and more anxious about the world that we live in. And that can drive us deeper into all of those dysfunctional unions. I, I would say that the orgiastic states uh, is something that our, our society 
revels in right now. Mm-hmm. And that that is a way to be able to alleviate that anxiety is just, let's just distract ourselves so much. Let's just, you know, try to find that uh, individuation and the expression of that and be, and, and be accepted for that. See, we want acceptance, but we don't want to give it. And, and it's this big conflict that we are in a relationship and we want to be respected and we want someone to be concerned about us and we want someone to know our position and understand where we're coming from. Well, givers gain. And that <laughs> is really, that applies in all relationships is that if you want to receive that, you have to give it. Yeah, I mean, you can't give something you don't have. And if you're expecting to get that from your partner, then no matter how much they do for you, it will never fill you up. And it is in the act of giving that we receive. If I don't love me, then how can I show up and love you? If I don't know me, how can I show up and know you or even teach you who I am? Right. If I if I don't if I'm not concerned about my own needs, you can't possibly know what they are and meet them. And so it's you know we've we've almost missed this piece in our society where we go through that transition into adulthood, and we stay in this place of. It's all about me, and and it's all dictated by the group. Right, you go to school, you get a good job, you get a partner, you get a house, you get kids. Now what? You don't know the self. There's none of that self exploration anymore. Of really, how do you get to know? And that's a lot of that conformity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That society has t- told you that this is the formula and this is what you're supposed to follow in order to be successful in your life, career, money, and family and relationships. And that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. That's not how you find that. And that's not how right. you connect with that. It, it takes a lot more of a a, a leap, mm-hmm. a leap of faith in order to actually find that. And that that's very scary for a lot of people. Well, he says that. He says, if you can't walk without crutches, then you can't help but lean on other people. And you can't be in a mature love relationship if you can't stand on your own two feet. And if you think about that concept that we've talked about in the past, like if you're sitting back to back with someone on the ground and you your arms are locked and you want to stand up, you have to equally push on each other in order to rise. And find the balance point too. And find the balance point. Which is different right. for each couple. But if one person tries to pick the other person up, yeah, can't then, get up. No, it's, can't get up. it's imbalanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the differentiation you were talking about. Parent-child, a parent can do that for a child. But two adults can't do that for each other, and they just end up falling all the time. You know, you know I think a lot of people get sidetracked or misconstrued when, you know, we're talking about knowing yourself. If you don't know yourself, then you can't join in a union with another human being, people get to this place of, you do you, right? I, I'm going to do me and mm-hmm. you do you and, you know, self-empowerment and all of that. And and that's not really the same thing. No. Yeah, that's attention-seeking. That's where you are attempting to, you do you, 
And I have no concern for if that is a, a violation of anyone else's boundaries. Well, it's a level of selfishness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that I am, it, it's a power differential, really, it is. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I have all the power. I can do what I want, yet you can't mm-hmm. unless it is in alignment with me. So I need all the oxygen in the room. I need all the attention. I right. need everything. And how dare you take anything that I have decided is mine. And that's not that equal interpersonal mm-hmm. union that Eric Fromm is talking about, right? There is no power differential in that union. Right. There, because there's that level of knowledge of the person, mm-hmm. of the other person. There's that level of respect for the other person and that concern and care and concern for the other person. So you, you can't be all about you and everything you want and yet still have a level of care, respect, and knowledge of your partner in the relationship. So that that's that's where that imbalance is. Yeah, and anyone I know that's like that tends to have a great deal of unrest, of anxiety, of depression, of suspicion. Yep, not enough. Yeah. They're angry. And you know, if you try this, you know, maybe just for a couple hours, take some time and only feel figure out where you can give to the world. You know, who can you open a door for? Who can you um, say hello to? And see what that feels like versus who's opening the door for me. And you'll get what we're talking about, this idea that you are choosing, because you have a choice to give. You don't have a choice to receive. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you're in that place, then you are choosing with your power of choice to give and it it just fills you up in a way that you can't imagine because it is a little vulnerable. But if, you, if you're giving for the sake of giving, you aren't feeling that if I give, it depletes me. That's the false giving. We're not talking about that. Right. That false giving of mm-hmm. you know the fear in the back of your head that I don't want to be taken advantage of. Or I'm going to open the door so someone does it for me. That, that transactional. That's transactional. Yeah. Right. So it's just to to give and let it be, and that does something really great in our chemistry, and that's where we find mental wellness. Or emotional wellness. Mm-hmm. And it feels great. And we're not talking about the codependent stuff or the selflessness. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a humanness. And it's kind of hard to differentiate it. It's more what you feel. Because if you're around people who want to take advantage of that, that's a different feeling that you need to have appropriate conditional boundaries with versus someone that you can unconditionally give to, which is probably at this time, either your partner or a stranger. Well, Eric Fromm would say that that interpersonal union of love does not exist in those kinds of relationships. Mm -mm. And you know it. Right. Everyone out there that are in a dysfunctional, maladaptive, dramatic relationship, you know it. You know mm-hmm. that you don't have that. You can feel it. That union. Yeah. And it's a really amazing thing to be with someone who's willing to give of themselves. And the competition isn't who's going to give more. The competition isn't in who, what can I get more of? And 
you can really create an, an incredible union that helps you feel safe and connected and truly loved in this world. And I think maybe that's the most sacred place we can get to here on earth. So if you really want to just dive deep into philosophy and psychology and just a really dense book. It's a really great book. You got to pick up this, the, the Art of Loving by Eric Fromm, because it's just chalk packed full of just a lot of great insights and knowledge. And this is just kind of a, a drop in the bucket of what this, this book brings to our knowledge. Right. Right. And we want to thank you for joining us today on Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs, such as Relationship 101, our home study course, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Mm-hmm.